outside for next month on the 22nd. We'll be having baptisms here. Um, so if you are wanting to get baptized, sign up. Other than that, let's stand up. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Uh, we thank you because uh, you've gotten us through another week, Lord. So we just pray that as we're here, we check everything at the door, Lord. We're here for you. Uh, we pray that as we come to worship you, Lord, we worship you uh, with our heart. Search our heart, Lord. We pray for the word that you've given Pastor Steve, Lord. We pray just a special anointing on that. Open our ears and hearts for that. Just have your way in this service, Lord. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, we all say, amen. Let's worship. And I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. And man's empty bricks and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along. And put me back together Now every desire Is now satisfied Here in your love Come on, sing this up And all there's nothing Better than you Lord, there's nothing Better than you Lord, there's nothing Nothing is better Oh, there's nothing 
That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. We call you Waymaker, Miracle Church, Promise Keeper. Come on, lift your hands in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. We call you Waymaker, Miracle Worker. time and time again he's proven in my life that that is who he is that he's the way maker the miracle worker the promise keeper come on if he's given if he's made a way in your life come on just lift up your hands in this place come on just sing that out one more time i know that he's made a way when there was no other way when the doctor said no when when finances said no when there was no money coming in when we were dealing with marriage issues you know he was the way maker that kept us through So come on, just sing the towel. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We call you Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We call you Waymaker, Miracle Worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We call you Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are.
caught up in your presence And I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave And no, I'm not here for blessings Cause Jesus, you don't owe me anything And more than anything that you can do I just want you I'm sorry when I just gone through the motions. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. And I'm sorry when I come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot that you're enough. Take me back to where we started. I open up my heart to you. Cause I'm caught up in your presence And I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment And I never want to leave and No, I'm not here for blessings, Jesus, cause Jesus, you don't owe me anything, and more than anything that you can do, I just want you, sing, I just want you, cause I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do, cause I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do, I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. Cause I'm caught up in your presence. Cause I just wanna sit here. Caught up in this holy moment.
but just with the band church would you just lift your voice and begin to cry out to God and sing that today in worship I just worshiping this morning, the Lord showed me that somebody in this room, you're, you're feeling like you're trapped today. You feel like the walls are kind of closing in and the light has gone out and that maybe you're just surrounded by darkness and, and you're, you came today out of, out of, uh, obligation or maybe you came today out of rote repetition 
But what you didn't know is when you came today, you were going to get a word from the Lord for your situation. And what has been going on in your life has been pressing and depressing. And you've been struggling with it. And it's been just closing in on you and you've lost hope. And you came today not expecting to receive hope. But you came today just expecting to go through the motions one more time and to leave here the same way you came. But the Lord has impressed on me today to tell you, whoever you are, whichever section you are or how many of you it is this morning, if you're in the balcony or if you're on the bottom floor, that the Lord called me today to tell you to begin to look around for the light because the light is going to pierce the darkness in such a way that the entire room just immediately gets lit up. See, darkness feels depressing and darkness feels suffocating. And when the darkness is around you, it feels like you can't do anything. But just the least amount of light, just one little corner, one little crevice of the room that opens up. And when God's light shines in, the entire room becomes bright. The entire room becomes visible. You get to see what God is doing in your life. You get to see what God has been doing even while you've been in the darkness. That you felt like he forgot about you or he hasn't been speaking to you or he didn't have any hope for you. You thought that because you had no hope, God had no hope for you. But I'm telling you today that although you've been in the dark and although you haven't been able to see what's happening around you, God has already been at work. God has already been fighting it all around you today. If that's you in this place, I want to stroll back into that song just again. But if that's you in this place, just hold up both arms. Just declare it today. Become militant today that today the darkness ends. Today the days of no hope ends. That I receive and I believe that God has my best interests at heart. That God is going to move in my situation. That God loves me today. If that's you, I want you just to shout. Shout it out. Woo! I just want you, nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do, cause I just want you, nothing else. Nothing else, nothing else will do. Cause I just want you. Nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. Sometimes, church, we got to get militant. Militant in our worship, militant in our prayer, militant in our understanding of who God is, militant in our, in our work for the kingdom. 
militant in protecting and guarding our families, militant in protecting and guarding our minds, militant against anything, anything that threatens your relationship with God, militant against anything that comes in between you and the Lord, and militant against any kind of darkness that's being pressed in into your life. Now, sometimes you've got to stand firm. Amen. Why don't I, I need a few people in this room this morning just to stomp your feet. Just stop it. Say enough is enough. I'm just going to stand firm today because enough is enough. Today I choose to stand firm. Today I choose to receive what God has for me. Today I come against the forces of the evil one. Today I bind and rebuke the enemy off of a work in my family. I bind and rebuke the enemy that's at work in our prodigal children. I bind and rebuke the enemy that's at work in our health. I bind and rebuke the enemy that's at work in your mental health. I bind and rebuke the enemy that's at work in your emotional health. That today we choose to stand firm. Today we receive what the Bible says we can have. Today we accept what God is trying to do in our life. And no longer will we walk around with our head staring at the ground with no hope. But today, regardless of your situation, regardless of what's happening in your life, regardless of what's happening in your family, today you choose to lift your head high. Today you choose to say that the Lord is on my side. Amen? The Lord is on my side. No longer will the enemy have access to me. No longer will I just give the enemy willy-dilly access to my life. No longer will I let the enemy rule me. No longer will I let the enemy steal from my marriage. No longer will I let the enemy steal from my kids. No longer will I let the enemy steal from me. But today, today, I choose to stand. Nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else I've made up my mind. Nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else.
for this morning but the Lord impressed on me even further to tell you not to waste it don't waste that word take it today and begin to walk and begin to talk and begin to act like what the Lord just said to you was true and begin to apply it to your life And when you walk out in obedience and you begin to apply the word of God to your life, you'll start to see some changes. Amen. You'll start to see things happening. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and give the Lord some praise. morning I've just about preached my voice out already (laughs) I'm gonna go I'm gonna take up an offering and then I'm gonna go pound a whole bunch of water really quick but uh, we're gonna continue to worship this morning with our giving and uh, no matter how you give we have four ways to give here at church and you can give using the envelope in the seat you can text to give or you can give online or you can give by mail uh, we have a lot of folks who are still watching from home, and God bless you. We, we love you, and we can't wait to see you in person. We are hoping that you'll be back soon, uh, but we're so thankful for technology that we get to come right into your living rooms right where you are. And uh, no matter how you give this morning, you're included in this prayer. 
So I just want to pray over our gifts today, and then we're going to move further. If you are a first-time guest with us today, would you do me a favor? Everybody else is kind of already in the habit of filling out one of these Connect cards and dropping it in the offering. Uh, but if you're a first-time guest, if you would just grab one of these out of the seat in front of you and fill it out with as much information as you're comfortable giving us. And if you write first-time guest on there, you'll get a letter in the mail this week from me and Jessica just welcoming you to the church. And then the most important part of these cards is on the back side. You'll see prayer request and praise report. So we want to pray with you for any need that you have. And we want to get excited with you for any need that God's already met. So if you would fill those out, especially that portion, and just drop it in the offering today. Our prayer team meets on Monday night and prays over your prayer requests. And then our staff meeting uh, is typically on Wednesdays, and our staff prays over your prayer requests as well. If you want your prayer request to be private and not go any further than my desk, all you have to do is write private across the top. Uh, Kennedy in the office will see that and she'll leave it on my desk and it won't go anywhere. Okay, uh, let's pray over our gifts today. No matter how you give, you're included in this prayer. Father, we worship you today. We give you all praise. We give you all glory in this house. Thank you, Father, for already showing up and showing out in our presence. Thank you, Father, for, for bringing your anointing to this service. Thank you, Father, for moving on our hearts and minds today. Thank you, Father, that we don't have to leave here the same way we came. But, Lord, we can receive what it is you have for us. Father, I pray over every giver, every tither that's in this place, Lord, that you would bless them according to the principles of your word. Lord, those are your principles. Those are your promises. We receive them and we activate them today in our giving. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Lord is my shepherd He goes before me And defender behind me And I walk here And I'm filled Yeah. 
Citrus Memorial and, and having a really rough time and, and dealing with a, a major, major health issue. They've got a really tough diagnosis. Can we as a church lift them up today? And that's why I'm kind of asking the band just to stay with us. And, and this song, what a, what a perfect song for you guys. That is my favorite worship song in the world. And I, I absolutely just love that song. And what it's, it's Psalm 23 is the name of it. <laughs> and then the, the subtitle of the title is I am not alone. And no matter what you guys are going through, no matter what you're dealing with and your family is, is struggling and your hearts are hurting, uh, understand that you are not alone, that God is with you and your church family is with you. So no matter where you're at, would you just stretch a hand towards them? And we're going to pray over Shirley today. Lord, as we have this family standing in today for their mom, for the grandma, for the relative today, Lord, we just, we lift up Shirley to you. Lord, it's no shock to you where she is. Lord, you knew exactly what would be going on today at this time, in this hour, in this minute. And Lord, nothing catches you by surprise. But Father, we pray today in the mighty name of Jesus we speak scripture over her Lord that by your stripes she is healed that Father we come together as your children and we ask for a good thing we ask for her healing Father 
We just pray, Lord, that you would move through that room right now with the power of the Holy Spirit. That you would begin to pour your healing balm on her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. Lord, that she would understand and know and feel and, and, and without a doubt know that you are right there with her. That Shirley is not alone today in Jesus' name. But Father, you have your arms wrapped around her right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, that you are with her. And Lord, we trust her with you. We trust her with you, Lord. Father, we believe and pray for her healing and we believe that you can. But ultimately, we trust her with you and your will, Lord. Father, we trust this family's heart with you, Lord. Because you are the ultimate counselor. You are the ultimate physician. But Lord, you are sovereign. And today, we just declare, Lord, that you would unleash your power right there in that room, Lord. And Father, we will shout it from the rooftops. We will give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Father, give this family strength. Give them anointing to walk through this situation, Father. Help them in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody in this room said, amen. Give the Lord another head clap of praise today. Thank you so much, worship team. So the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. And this morning, didn't the worship team lead us into his presence? So grateful for them. Grateful. I want to take a moment and pray for one more individual. If you uh, would bear with me before we jump into the message today, which is part three of the series that we've been in. Um, I've heard about a gentleman who is a part of the Church of God organization, which I used to be a part of. And he is struggling in a hospital in Ocala for his health. Uh, he's dealing with COVID. Uh, he's an elderly gentleman. He's a care pastor at Living Waters Church in Ocala. And his name is, is Brother James Brewer. And uh, I would like to ask you, if you would, to put his name on your prayer list as well and just believe for healing in his life. Uh, he's having a procedure as we speak. He went in at, at 10 a.m. this morning, I saw, uh, for a procedure to, to try to help him get past this hump of where he's at. So they'll know more today, but can we pray for him and just lift him up? He's a, he's a mighty man of God, and I, I love Brother Brewer. And there's, there's not many, uh, many people who are more of a Christian gentleman than he is. And he is just an amazing uh, man. I've always enjoyed having conversations with him, talking to him. He's always a pleasure. And uh, Can we just lift him up in prayer today? Father, we just declare your healing over Brother James Brewer this morning. Lord, we pray that you would fill up that hospital room, that you would guide the doctors and the nurses and their hands today, that you would just uh, move mightily uh, throughout his body today and, and pour your healing on him in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we just declare goodness over him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, Father, that he would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are at work uh, within him and around him, Father. We pray, Lord, that just like Shirley, that he would be the miracle that the doctors and nurses talk about. That they would say, they would go to lunch and say, can you believe 
uh, that they got better, Father. That uh, Let it be the miracle that brings other people to you, Father. And uh, we will shout it, and we will praise you for it. I pray for his family, Lord, that you would lift them up and uh, keep them close. I pray for Living Waters Church, uh, their family and their pastors and the rest of the staff uh, today as they have to, to lead worship with heavy hearts, Lord, because uh, Brother Brewer is in the hospital. We pray, Lord, that you would be with them and anoint them and give them double for their trouble. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. How are we doing, church? I don't know about you, but I feel like we've already had church, and we can just say amen and go home, right? I, I, I feel like the Lord has already showed up and spoke, and, and, uh, and that we've had a time of worship. Uh, I was praying specifically. I, I don't know about you, but do you ever have a rough day? Anybody? I, no, just me. I, I have a I had a rough day yesterday, and uh, the enemy was just attacking me and attacking my mind. And you say, "Well, Pastor Steve, the enemy attacks you." Absolutely, the enemy attacks me and attacks me in my mind. And and I just had a rough day dealing with an onslaught of the enemy. And then when I got here this morning, like I was just in prayer, and and I was like, I, I, I like I said earlier, I got militant in my prayer that that Lord, we, we need you to move today. If nobody else that shows up, nobody upstairs, nobody downstairs, if nobody else needs you to move today, God, I need you to move. I need you to move on me today. So listen, if y'all weren't praying and you just showed up willy-nilly finishing up a a McDonald's biscuit and sausage when you pulled in and you didn't think about uh, how the service was going to go and you just moseyed on in and grabbed a seat and shook some hands and gave some smiles, just know that I was praying for the Holy Spirit to move mightily in this service. And I was praying that that the Holy Spirit would move on each one of you. And I was also praying that the Holy Spirit would move on me. And he sure did. Amen. He gave me exactly what I needed during that worship time this morning. And can I tell you, we're, we're in a process of, of getting our sound right. You know, we, we've got this whole brand new sound system, and it's awesome. And, and I, I talked to, to Ray Michael, who's our, our installer, and he's the professional that we've dealt with and all this. Would you just give him a hand clap of appreciation? We are, we are entirely grateful for Ray and the work that he's done here and the blessing. He's also blessed us many times along the way as well uh, with just some extra work and upgrades of equipment that we didn't pay for and didn't expect. And he has just blessed us because this is his ministry. It's not just his job. And, and I appreciate that about him. So if at any time in the future... If you find yourself in a different church or you find yourself starting your own church if the God calls you to it or whatever your personal situation and you need sound equipment, let me introduce you to Media Solutions, Ray Michael. Write that down. That's who you need to call. Amen. If you're a visiting uh, person today and you have your own church that you're going back to and they need a sound system, Tell your pastor to call Ray Michael at Media Solutions because he will hook you up. Now, he, he warned me last week. We had a little rough week with sound, and, and Ray warned me. He said, Pastor, this is a six-week process. So in this six-week process, uh, be patient with us. If you're watching online and the sound wasn't that great last week, be patient with us. It's a process. We're, we're learning it. Uh, Elisha Lloyd-Jones is a friend of mine, and he was here uh, for a portion of the first practice after the install, and, he, uh, and we went to dinner, and he said to me, he said, uh, he said Steve, he goes, uh, you know, anybody with a driver's license can go outside and, and drive a Dodge Dart. 
right? Anybody with a driver's license can drive a car. Uh, moving from where you were to this equipment and this board is like asking somebody who has a driver's license to drive a Dodge Dart to get into a 747 and fly it from here to Chicago, right? So it's a little different. Uh, so our team has been diligent about learning this and diligent about studying and, and reading and watching videos online. And we're thankful for our team, aren't we? Would you give them a hand clap of appreciation? Brother Bob, man, he, he hates it when I do this. Hates it. Matter of fact, he's telling me, no, no, right now. Uh, all I'm going to say is I'm so thankful for the many, many hours that you put in at this church. And I'm thankful for you. <laughs> so, church, uh, also... Since, since we're just chatting today and we're not getting to the message, <laughs> let me say this. Jessica and I are so grateful for Pastor Appreciation last week. It, it was wonderful. Uh, your gifts and your cards, your words of encouragement uh, blessed us tremendously. Uh, all the, even the cards from Kids Church blessed us tremendously. And we just uh, we sat down Sunday afternoon and kind of read through them. And, and uh, man, it was just a, it was a humongous blessing to us. And we just want to thank you for that. Amen. But uh, this week, I'm thankful to be past pastor appreciation and back to Jesus appreciation, uh, which we were appreciating him last week, too, anyway. But but I'm, I'm thankful for that. Would you turn with me to first Kings chapter 19, if you would. Or if you are digital, you can just push a few buttons and get there. We're going to be there in just a moment. I want to give the sound guys a heads up. We're going to play another video this week. Uh, my wife said, you, you're doing another video? Like, aren't they going to be sick of videos? Well, it's just this series. <laughs> okay, so we're going to get through this series. we got another video to open today's message. It's called U-Turn. Uh, and then uh, next month, we've got something else special for you for the series for November. Uh, so I'll be announcing what we're going to be doing in November uh, next week. Uh, but, but I'm excited about it, and I think you will be as well. Uh, before we jump in, as you turn to 1 Kings 19, uh, whenever sound is ready and we kill the stage lights, you guys can roll the video U-turn. Morning, church. So as you can hear, Siri is giving me directions on navigation, and I'm driving down Highway 581 that the church uh, is on right here in Inverness. Uh, I want to talk about today, moving forward, uh, today's message is called U-Turn. And uh, I think a lot of times when we're driving down the road, uh, we put different uh, directions in our navigation system, different directions in our phone of where we're headed, uh, and then it begins to talk to us, right? It begins to tell us when to turn and when to go next. And that's, that's a lot like the Holy Spirit in our life. At, uh, God has a specific path for us. He has a, a, a path for us to be on. He has a, a specific road for each and every one of us that we're supposed to be on. Uh, and he speaks to us kind of like the navigation system speaks through the power of the Holy Spirit. The problem is, is that sometimes we make a wrong turn. Sometimes we get off the path that God has for us. Like right now, I am straight on the path. It's not speaking to me because I'm on the path. 
uh, that God has for us. But sometimes all the junk that's in our lives and around us causes us to, you know what, we're going to veer off the path that God has for us. And I'm going to go a different direction. So this weekend, we're going to be discussing and talking about Elijah and the time in Elijah's life when he just came out of a huge victory, uh, but he went the wrong way. So she's telling me to make a U-turn. So I have a decision to make right now, much like Elijah did in the moment. Uh, Elijah ran away uh, after his victory because he got in his flesh. All the junk kind of rose up. Now you can see uh, that Siri is telling me to make a U-turn right now. And I have two decisions, much like you do in everyday life. Uh, when you're on a path that God has for you and then your, your flesh kind of builds up, and you come to a decision-making point. Do I continue going the way I've come, or do I listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and make a U-turn? And that's the question that we all have to answer today. What road are we on? What path are we on that God has for us? And are we listening when the Holy Spirit says, stop, turn around, you just made a wrong turn, and go in the right direction? So I'm gonna turn around and see what happens next. left onto West Main Street. So now uh, that I've turned around, it's called me to make a U-turn. It's getting me back on track. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our life today. So two things. Have you ever put your navigation, put the address in your navigation, and it told you that you had a right-hand turn coming up, but you got a little too anxious and turned before the actual turn? Does anybody else do that? Is it just me, right? Right, I do that, and then, and then it says recalculating, recalculating. We need to figure out how to get you back on path, right? And sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit works in our life is we, we make a wrong turn. We make a turn too quick. We decide that we're going to take control of our life ourselves instead of allowing the Lord to have control, and we decide, hey, I'm going to go ahead and turn right here. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and make this decision now. I, the Lord's just moving entirely too slow for me, so I think I can get there a little quicker, so I'm going to make this turn instead right and then the Holy Spirit says hold up hold up recalculating recalculating I'm trying to get you back on track right how many of you believe that we're all traveling down the road of life right we're all traveling down the road of life you may have also uh, noticed that my Siri has an Irish accent um, I did that on accident and then I kind of liked it so I left it but every once in a while I struggle with understanding what she's telling me to do <laughs> So you would think I would turn it back, wouldn't you? But I don't, because I like the accent. Uh, but God has a plan or a direction for our life that is, uh, that is attuned to, to specific destinations. Do you believe that? Right? God has a plan for you that comes to certain destinations. Now, I'm going to venture to say that most of those destinations are spiritual in nature. I think God does care about our physical localities and where we serve and where we work and where we live. I think God cares about that. Uh, but more than physical localities and physical destinations, I think God cares about where we end up spiritually. Like, where are you at on your spiritual road to life? Right? Where are you at on the spiritual road that God has for you? Have you are you still at the first rest stop? 
You know, did, did, you, did you get off the highway uh, to go to the bathroom and just sat in your, in your vehicle for an exorbitant amount of time and you haven't got back on the highway yet? You know, have you, what are, where are you at in your walk uh, that God has for you? Now, I think looking around a room in any room, not me looking around the room, but I think God looking around the room uh, in, any, in a diverse uh, type of, of crowd that we have. Some of you are new, uh, new to Christ and some of you have been serving God for 50 years, 60 years, whatever the case may be. Uh, but in this room, there's probably many people at many different destinations spiritually, right? There's people who are who are trying to get to a new level with God, but it's a level that's 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 way leveled up past some other people in this room, right? Because your walk with Christ is individual. Your walk with Christ is personal. Right, Your walk with Christ is your walk with Christ. So you can't look at where somebody that's been serving God 50 years is and expect to be there if you, if you gave your heart to Christ three weeks ago. Right? You can't expect that, but, but you, what you can expect is that God has a new level for you. That you don't have to stay in the destination of where you're at right now. That God has something new for you. And sometimes... Sometimes, and this is why James said, count it as all joy uh, when, you, when you encounter various trials, right? That sometimes God will even allow a trial to come into your life to get you to the next destination. Sometimes God will send a storm up behind you while you're still sitting at that rest area just to get you moving, right? Just to get you back out on the highway. Oh, no, there's a storm coming. I've got to get moving again. I've got to get back out. Sometimes God will allow things to come into your life just to press you and push you into getting to that next level. And you say, well, who in the world knows what's going to happen? God does. Right? God knows what's going to happen, right? God knows, uh, the, God knows today, God knows yesterday, God knows tomorrow, right? God knows what's going to happen. So moving forward is, is fully expecting God. So sometimes you and me, as, as we're driving along, uh, we make a wrong turn. Sometimes we just make a wrong turn, right? And, that, and that's bad enough, and, and we need in that wrong turn uh, to make a decision to stop, pull over to the side of the road, allow our navigation to, to recalculate, Right, And then listen to what it tells you to do. And most of the time, your navigation will either say, uh, go on up 500 yards and make a right, then go down another mile and make another right, and then go down another 500 yards and make another right to get back on the path that you were supposed to be on. Right, But sometimes your, your navigation will say, uh, in 500 yards, make a U-turn. In 500 yards, turn back around. Right, You're going the wrong way. Usually when it's going the wrong way in our spiritual life is because we've gotten caught driving under the influence. And you say, well, Pastor Steve, what does that mean, driving under? You know what it means? You know what a DUI is? How many of you had a... No, I'm not, not going to call you out. <laughs> some of you all are like, well, I did. No, I'm not calling you out today, right? So it's, uh, but, but we got some officers' wives in here today, so we don't, we don't, want, you to, we don't want you to call attention to yourself, right? Uh, but sometimes we all get uh, moments where we drive under the influence, right? We get into the driver's seat of our car, but we've got so much junk influencing us around us that we're not actually listening to what the navigation is saying, but we're choosing to drive and move forward under the influence of the junk in our lives, 
right? We begin to move forward and do life under this influence. We begin to, to, to apply it to our marriage under the influence of the junk, right? We begin to drive down the road of raising our kids under the influence of the junk. Uh, we begin to go to work under the influence of the junk, right? And then even we uh, stop making spiritual advances and, and, and dedication to moving forward spiritually because we're under the influence of all the junk, right? So all the junk stops us and pauses us and keeps us from moving forward. And rather than listening for the still small voice of God, we find ourselves reacting to what the junk is speaking to us. How many of you know your junk can talk? All of the trash that is in your life can talk. Do you know that's where they got the word trash talk? No, it's not where they got the word, but, but it fits, right? Trash talk. The enemy trash talks you, right? Has anybody ever played basketball? I know Bob has. I have. When you get on a basketball court, people trash talk you. Like, get out of here with that stuff. You know, when you're trying to go up for a layup and they smack the ball, right, and the balls go away. Get out of here with that, right? There was a, what was a, a big, super tall, I think it was from Kenya, Matumbo, right? What's his full name? Dikembe. Dikembe Mutombo. So he, he was in a lot of Geico commercials. Do you remember the Geico commercials when somebody would try to throw trash in a trash can and all of a sudden he would pop out of nowhere and he's like seven foot something, right? He's huge, right? And he would pop out of nowhere with this big hand. He'd be like, ha, 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 not in my house. You know, that was, that was trash talking, right? And, but trash talking happens on the court and it happens in your life. It happens on the road of your life and where you're headed. Trash talk happens all the time. So what does trash talk look like for the majority of us? It looks like this. You got up this morning to come to church and the enemy said, eh, there's no reason for you to come to church. You know what you did yesterday. Hey, there's, there's no reason for you to try to fix your situation. You've already messed it up way too bad. Hey, God doesn't have anything for you. Uh, you're just going to be lucky just to skate into heaven. Right? Those are all trash talk. That's the enemy trash talking you and speaking against what the scripture has to say about your life. So the enemy will constantly flap his lips. That's why you have to turn the station. You've got to tune in to your navigation, which is the Holy Spirit. You've got to turn off the junk, right? You've got to turn it off and, and not let it talk to you. So we carry junk packed away and partially hidden that influences our thinking as well as our obedience to God. What does some of this junk look like? Uh, anxieties. Right? We carry around anxieties, and, and the anxiety speaks to us and speaks into our ears and stops us from moving forward to the next spiritual destination that God has for us. Uh, sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's rejection. Sometimes it's lust. Sometimes it's addictions. But whatever it is, it's in your life and it's speaking to you in such a way that keeps you from hearing the navigation of the Holy Spirit, which tells you, hey, you've got a turn coming up in your life. And then we miss the turn or we turn somewhere else on purpose because we choose to listen to the trash talk instead of the Holy Spirit trying to navigate our life. So when you listen to the trash talk, you go in the wrong direction. Sometimes you even do it on purpose running in the wrong direction because you're scared of advancing to that next spiritual place where God has for you because it means you're going to have to change. And how many of you know we don't like to change? People don't like change. People like, people like who they are. People don't want to change, right? 
That's why, that's why, well, Pastor Steve, why there are so many Christians that come to church on Sunday and then live like hell the rest of the week? Because they don't like to change, right? They want, they want the stuff that they want, and then they want a little bit of God when they want them, right? They don't want to change. So, so sometimes we, de- we decide we're going to make a wrong turn on purpose and get as far away as from that next move that God has for you just simply because we don't want to change. We don't want to do what God has for us next, right? Sinful natures are fleshly reactions to what we experience in the thick of traveling with other people around us and sometimes in our own car, causing us to make a wrong turn. How many of you know none of you are an island unto yourself? Everybody in this room, every decision you make affects another human being. And if you got nobody living in your household with you, decisions you make affect other human beings right here in this room. Right here in this room. Decisions we make affect other people. So when we decide that we're going to make a turn instead of going the right way and we're just going to turn the wrong way because we've been believing and listening to the trash talk, you've got other people in your back seat. And it affects them too. Now sometimes... People will say, you know, enough wrong turns, I'm just going to get out. I'm going to go find another car to drive in because I can't handle this ride any longer, right? So sometimes you lose relationship with people because you keep making the wrong turns. So today we've got to dedicate and understand and decide that we're not going to tune into the trash talk anymore in our life, but we're going to tune into what the Holy Spirit says so that we can make spiritual advances so that not only can we bring ourselves up a little notch more than what, for what God has for us, but we can bring the people who are riding with us in the car up to the next level too. Amen? That, w- that when they see us serving God in such a way that looks different than how we used to be, then they decide, hey, maybe I want to listen uh, to the navigation in my life too because whatever's going on in them, it seems to be working, and I want some of that. Amen? I want some of that. Man, I, I, see, I see other ministers and, and, and sometimes, and I say, man, I want some of that. Like, I, see, I see men preaching, and I'm like, man... I want some of that. And I see men laying hands on people and, and people being healed. And we were having a conversation the other day. I don't even know who I was talking to. But I was having a conversation the other day about I want to see more healing in the church. Like I want to see people walk down these aisles and they have a, a, an issue in their body. And I want to see them healed when they leave. I want more of that. I want to see people running down these altars and face planting right here on the altar and not really face planting, but, you know, diving into the altar and saying, I want more of God in my life. I want to see more of that. Amen. See, see, I'm not just responsible for my own car, but currently I'm driving a bus and all y'all are on it. (laughs) And no, I'm not driving the bus over you. You're in the bus with me, right? So when you come, come to church, and, and, and I need to be make sure that I'm advancing, that I'm getting to the next level that God has for me, because it's not all about me, but it's about all of you. And Brother Brian Norman here needs to make sure that he's advancing. Come help me, brother. He needs to make sure that he's advancing and that he's listening to the power of the Holy Spirit, because it's not just about him. 
But it also includes his beautiful wife, Virginia. And it also includes his seven kids. Yes, some of them are adults. Guess what? You still affect your kids when they're grown. Right? Thank you, brother. It's not just about you, but it's about the people who are around you as well. So sometimes if we can't find enough self-control and strength to change because of what God has for you, that sometimes you need to find enough self-control and change because of what God wants to do in those who are riding with you. Amen? How many of you are with me? Like, you want to see. You want to see things. Like... I want to see God move supernaturally. Yes, there, yes, the presence of God is in a, in a service that's quiet. And a, in a service where a priest may step up and, and, and read and just, and just uh, say words over and over again. And, and maybe uh, there's no band. And, and yes, maybe you can sit in that service and you can feel the presence of the Lord. Right? And maybe the Lord's working there. But for me, I want to see something brand new. I want to see something supernatural happen. I want to see... So I was a kid in West Virginia. And there was a, a pastor named Avis Hill... And Avis Hill now pastors in Florida, in South Florida. But he pastored in this little town in West Virginia. And he was, he was ahead of his time. This was back in 1987, 86. And we were in this little church. Uh, you know what up a holler means? Tim does. We were in this little church up a holler. Right? And in this little church... This man had a camera, <laughs> like we have right there in the middle, in the middle of nowhere, and he projected his services out into the community on local television. So at, in 1980s, in a church of probably 200 people, about how many called this church home, uh, in, the, in the 80s, uh, these people would stream in, and little Steve got to run the camera. And when I was on the camera... There was a lot of crazy stuff that happened because it was a Pentecostal church and it was up a holler. And when you have a Pentecostal church up a holler, it gets crazier than a Pentecostal church that's not up a holler. And some of y'all, how many of you have been to the mountains? The people there are a little different. How many of y'all from the mountains? <laughs> You're a little different, right? <laughs> Less, we're a little different. Uh, you know, the, the, sometimes I would be on that camera and the Lord would begin to do some things that I was uncomfortable with. <laughs> and, and I would be like, and people from upstairs uh, in the room above me would be yelling down, Steve, Steve, because a camera would be tipped down in a corner of the room and I would be on the stool like this. And I would be froze. And, and I didn't even know at the time that I would want to see stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm telling you today, deliverance, people getting delivered, 
right there on local television, right there on local TV, people getting prayed for and getting healed and people getting delivered and stuff coming up out of their mouth right there caught on camera for everybody in the local community to watch, right? Some stuff was happening. Now, listen, I'm not saying I want you all to paint the walls green in here with stuff coming out of your mouth. But this is what I am saying. I want to see people healed. And I want to see people delivered. And I want to see people set free. And I want to see marriages put back together. And I want to see people with chains coming off of them that are, that are so addicted to drugs when they walked in that they couldn't even sit still in the seat. Because they were shaken, because they needed uh, something. They needed a hit. And they come in, and, but the hit that they get is a hit of the Holy Ghost, right? Instead of a hit of heroin, it's a hit of the Holy Ghost. And instead of a hit of cocaine, it's a hit of the Holy Ghost. And instead of a hit of crack, it's a hit of the Holy Ghost. And when they leave the presence in this room, that they're no longer craving the things that they craved before. That's what I want to see. But in order for us to get there, we all got to stop listening to the trash talk. Every single one of us. We got to listen to the Holy Spirit, to the navigation, to take us as a church to the next level so that we see and trust and believe in what God is going to do in this sanctuary. Amen. That we start seeing things that uh, blows our minds and makes the cameraman drop the camera and run. I'm okay with that because I was that. Amen. Amen. So we have two choices, guys. When we're, when we're sitting at a U-turn, we have two choices. Continue down the path we're going or make a U-turn. Right? That's the only two choices. When navigation says make a U-turn in 500 yards, you can either blow past that 500 yards and keep continuing down the path or you can slow down, put your blinker on, and make a U-turn, right? You can turn. Uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19, guys, are you, are you 19? Did I give you a chapter? Yeah. Let's start reading in verse 8. I'm sorry, verse 1, 1 to 8. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods, notice it's little g, may the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. The next verse, verse 3, the first three words you can underline or you can highlight if you're using a digital format today. Elijah was afraid. Elijah had fear. Suddenly the junk that Elijah was dealing with down deep began to surface and trash talk. All the junk that Elijah was dealing with began to come out, right? He was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, and this is another great place to, to underline today, and prayed that he might die. I don't know if you're familiar with this story or not, but Elijah had just had the greatest victory over Jezebel and her priests. 
He had just had the greatest victory where God showed up and unlike any other time, burned up the altars, licked up all the water that he had poured on the altars and showed himself real when all the priests and the prophets of Jezebel and Baal couldn't bring anything. They couldn't do anything. Elijah had just come through that victory and then the very next portion of scripture he was afraid and fled for his life and he hid under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. So he was afraid and then he was suicidal. This man under the spirit of God just slayed 400 priests by himself. He was not only a prophet but he was a warrior. He did all of that by himself and in his victory, in his victory, one little bit of trash talk came up. Jezebel trash talked him a little bit and when she did, he fled for his life and became suicidal. Can I tell you today that sometimes if we don't deal with the junk in our life, it makes us susceptible to the trash talk of the enemy to turn us around from where we're headed? That even after your greatest victory, you can listen to the trash talk of the enemy and cause you to make a turn that will send you down a path you don't want to go. And only God can turn you around in that instance. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But God. Look at your neighbor and say, but God. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around there and beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones. How many of you know there were some Olive Garden rolls there, right? There were some Olive Garden breadsticks right there at his head. And they were hot. And there was a jar of water. I'm talking about fresh water. Like it came in from Zephyr Hills, like that, that fresh, Right? It was a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. Now, since we're talking about vehicles in this series, how many of you know that when we put gas in our cars, it's a given that pretty soon we're going to have to put more gas in our car, right? And sometimes it comes quicker than you expect it and want it to. You fill it up, and it seems like you got to fill it up again, especially if you drive a V8, right? you got to turn around and put more gas right back in it again, right? How many of you know that when we feed our bodies... That when we put food in our bodies, as every one of us did multiple times yesterday, unless you were fasting, right? When we put food in our bodies, it burns off quickly. Some, some of it burns off way more quickly than others, like the Chinese buffet. You can eat and be bloated and full, and an hour later you're like, what's for dinner? Right? But, but any food that we, that we eat in the, in the physical burns off of our bodies and burns off quick. But how many of you know that when God fuels us supernaturally, it lasts longer. It takes us further. It burns cleaner. There's no pollution. <laughs> right? It gives us more power. Elijah, Elijah ate two meals and went on those two meals for 40 days and 40 nights traveling. By foot, 
He didn't have a fast horse. He didn't have a Mustang. He didn't have a Camaro like we talked about two weeks ago. He didn't have the ZR1 Corvette that Pastor Kenny drove around the track. He didn't have any of that stuff. He was on foot for 40 days and 40 nights. And because of the supernatural food that God gave him, it lasted longer. It made him stronger. And it got him to his destination. Today, we need to understand and realize that the junk that we feed ourselves at times, that's not supernatural, that's natural, but it's just, uh, it, it could be food or fuel or addictions or emotions, but whatever it is that we feed on, it doesn't last. And it weakens us. It weakens our body. It weakens our mind. But if you feed yourself on the Word of God, if you, if you fill up on the Word of God, you have a, a supernatural, you have a supernatural bread that will hold you and keep you and keep you moving forward. We can, we can feast on the Word, and we can feast on the water, uh, the, the water that flows out of us, right, the, from a living spring. The water that flows up, and we can feast and drink on that, and it will take you longer than you thought you could go. It will make you stronger than you thought you had strength. It will, it will, it will bring you up to levels you never thought you had in you because it's a supernatural food. It's a supernatural giftings. But when we fail to fuel up regularly with God, then things go downhill fast in our life. When we fail to regularly meet with God, things begin to go downhill. Have you ever thought you had something conquered and broke off of your life only to come to a new set of circumstances and whatever it was that you thought you had conquered reared its ugly head? That you thought you had uh, dealt with, uh, with uh, suicidal thoughts and you thought you had conquered that and it was over, but then all of a sudden a new storm arises in your life and all of a sudden these thoughts begin to pop in your head again. Or you thought you conquered that addiction, that that drug that kept you calm or that drug that riled you up, whichever was your drug of choice, uh, whatever, whatever it was, you thought you had conquered that and then all of a sudden you had the opportunity and it rose its ugly head again in your life. Whatever, whatever it is, you thought it was buried and deep down and done with because you had pressed it all the way into the trunk. You didn't see it when you drove down the road anymore because it was in the trunk. You didn't, when you looked in the back seat, it was clean because all the junk was in the trunk. You looked in the driver's seat and it was clean because you had pressed it back in the trunk. You looked in the passenger seat and there was nothing there and it was clean because you had pressed all the junk and the trash back into the trunk. But the problem is we never opened up the trunk and dealt with the trash and got it completely out of the car. Right? How many of you had kids that cleaned the room by throwing everything under the bed? I think it's a rite of passage for kids, right? You go in and you go, wow. Wow, Xavier, man, this looks pretty good. Dude, I can't. See, you had it in you all this time. You had it in. You could have had a clean room for years. Now you're heading off to the military. And you got to keep it clean. Xavier's heading into the military, by the way. We're going to pray over him in a few weeks before he heads out. But now you got to keep it clean. But mom and dad come walking in and they go, man, I'm so proud of you. And then they look over and they see something sticking out from under the bed. And they hear a little thump, thump under the bed because things are falling over in there. And they get down and they pick up the dust ruffle and look underneath. And everything, laundry, uh, paper plates with pizza stains, 
soda cups, all that stuff, just dirty underwear, every, everything, just, just shoved under there, right? Mama thought she had all the laundry done, and then there was four more loads that came out from under his bed, right? Well, sometimes that's the Lord. He says, man, you've got to clean this up, and we do, and we shove it all in the trunk because we don't allow him to fully deal with it because there it is. And then when we get into a rough spot and we need space to put some more stuff in our life, we find out that our trunk is still full of the old junk and trash that we need to get rid of. Picking up in 9b, but the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left. And now they want to kill me too. Notice he didn't answer God's question. God's question was, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah says, self-righteously, I'm the only one, God, who has served you faithfully. I'm the only one. God, don't be mad at me because you know I'm the only one that's on your side. You and me are ride or die. Everybody else already left. I'm the only one, God. He didn't answer God's question. So the first thing we get from the scripture today, and, and I trust, trust me, these, these points are quick. I know we've, we've taken up a lot of time. The, Lord, the first thing we see in the scripture that the Lord did when Elijah ran and got in his emotions and fled, the first thing we see that the Lord did is the Lord and Elijah met and talked. The Lord met with Elijah and talked to him. Can I tell you today that God is the best counselor The best counselor on this planet with a Ph.D. from the best school can't compare to five minutes with the Holy Spirit. Cannot compare. God is the best counselor. So what Elijah had to do, he had to stop for a minute, get alone, and listen. And what you say to me today is, well, Pastor Steve, I can't stop when I'm like that. I just just keep going because I just can't stop. Right? I just, argh, I, I just I, the anger, it's just so, ah, I can't stop it. You let a police officer walk in the room. I guarantee you, you can stop it. Let it happen on your job when your boss walks in the room. I guarantee you, you can stop it. Right? We can stop whatever behavior we're doing if we're motivated enough to stop that behavior. I just can't stop smoking crack. Let a police officer pull you over. I guarantee you, you won't smoke crack the whole time he's talking to you. We can stop. We just need the correct motivation in our life to stop. Amen? This means that the the junk you're dealing with, anxiety, frustration, anger, rage, you've got to stop for a minute. Let the blood stop pounding in your ears. Let the adrenaline begin to settle down. Grab a hold of a pillow and clutch that thing to your chest and just breathe until it passes. And then get your little self somewhere by yourself and talk to God. And I guarantee you, you can stop the behavior. 
get somewhere and talk to God. Then God asks Elijah, what are you doing here, Elijah? Emphasis on here. What, you're, you're miles away from where I've called you to minister. You're miles away from where I called you to be working right now. I just gave you the greatest victory yesterday. What are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you here? Right? That's what God was asking him. He was asking him, uh, why are you so far off the path? Why are you so far off mission? Why are you over here instead of over there where I called you to be? Why are you off mission? Right? And that's what God asked. I ask you today, are you on mission? Are you off the path? Are you, are you off of where God has called you to be? Right? Why are you here? You're either here because God's called you to be here or you're here because you ran from where God called you to be. Right? What is, what's going on in your life? So firstly, he was talking about, why are you off the path? He said, Elijah, you took a wrong turn, bro. You took a wrong turn. Have you ever had God ask you, where are you? What are you doing? Like, what are you thinking right now? Right? I have. I've had God speaking. Hey, Steve. What do you think you're doing? What, where do you think? What is wrong with you? I know you know better than this. I taught you better than this. I am your heavenly father. I showed you better than this. What in the world? What in the 2020 are you doing right now? I told you 2020 is a cuss word now. Then God said in verse 11, go out and stand before me on the mountain. The Lord told him, and as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, He wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said yet again for the second time, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars. You notice he gave God the same answer and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, Lord. And now they're trying to kill me too. Number two, God yet again showed Elijah who he is. For the second time, he asked them a question, but there was a different emphasis. The second time, he asked the question, what are you doing here, Elijah? The emphasis on doing. What do you think you're doing? The second time, he said, what are you doing? First time, he said, what are you doing here? Second time, he said, what are you doing? Elijah, why are you responding in fear, anxiety, and worry? Have you forgotten who I am? Have you forgotten that I am the I am? Have you forgotten that I am the one who clothes the flowers of the field? Have you forgotten that I am the one who met with Moses on this very mountain where you stand and revealed my glory? 
Have you forgot that I am the one who rescues you? Have you forgotten that I am the one who strengthens you? Have you forgotten that I am the one who feeds the birds of the very air? Have you, have you forgotten that I am the one who meets your needs? I am the one who gives you life, and not only life, but life more abundantly. Have you forgotten that I am the same one who sent down fire to your altar and caused you to have victory over the priests of Baal? Have you forgotten that I am that I am? That's a question I have for all of us today. Have you forgotten who he is? Are you running in anxiety and fear and anger and rage and forgot who he is? Are you making wrong turns because you forgot who God is? Are you turning left when you were supposed to turn right? Have you turned off your navigation and stopped listening to the Holy Spirit because you forgot who he is? If you have, it's as simple as stopping, pausing, taking a minute with God, speaking to him. Letting God show you again who He is. And He will show you again and again and again and again and again. The next thing we see God do in Scripture is He directs Elijah to make a U-turn. You say, I don't remember reading about street signs in 1 Kings. Then the Lord told him in verse 15... Go back the same way you came. What is that? That's a U-turn. Go back the same way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel, Haziel, to be king of Aram. And then this next portion is very interesting. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. Now, who was king and queen of Israel? Ahab and Jezebel, right? Jezebel who threatened Elijah that caused Elijah to run and hide in the first place. And yet God tells Elijah to go back the way you came and anoint somebody else as king of Israel. Because why? Because God already has it covered. The thing you're running from, God already has a plan. The thing that's causing you fear and anxiety and worry, God already has a plan. Turn around, make a U-turn, and when you get to the light, take a left and get back on track, right? Move back the way that God called you to go. So although today you may feel like giving up and quitting, but God says, I have work for you to do. Although you may feel unworthy today, God says, I have work for you today. And although you may want to keep running in the wrong direction, God says, I want you to make a U-turn because I have work for you to do. Would you stand with me today? Pastor Brad, come help me. So God is calling you today to do three things. Three things that we've talked about. He's calling you to stop, pause, breathe. Those are all three of the first one. Okay, but, but God is calling you to stop, pause, breathe, take a breath. Let the blood quit pumping in your ears. Let the adrenaline from the fear, anxiety, concern, ra anger, rage begin to settle down in your spirit. Begin to breathe easy again. 
clutch a pillow until you're there. And then begin to have a conversation with the I am. Then begin to have a conversation with God. Number two, you let him reassure you who he is. You let him reassure you who he is. Because when you have the grasp of who God is in your life, you won't let anxiety, fear, anger, rage destroy you. Addictions, lust, you won't give it place in your life. Because you need a full grasp of who God is. And number three, you make that U-turn and you quit running from your calling, your responsibilities, your walk with God, your personal walk with Him, your own personal spiritual growth, or the change that God is seeking from you that you're scared of. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I want to ask you personally where you are, two questions. The first question, I promised God a long time ago that every time I preached, I would not close the service without giving somebody the opportunity to come to know him, to make a decision for him. So if you're in this place and you need to make a decision for God today and say that I choose Jesus, today I give my life over to him. If that's you, we want to pray with you first. So all you have to do is just raise a hand and you can put it right back down after a couple of seconds. I see that hand. Is there anybody else that needs to receive Jesus today? Church, would you pray with me for the one that raised their hand today? Everybody in the room, just pray along with me. Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I've made a mess of it. And I know that you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. I know, Jesus, that you died on a cross, and then you rose again three days later. And you did that for me. I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. Today I choose to follow you. Lord, change me. Save me. Make me somebody new. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Give a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to challenge that person that raised their hand today. Before you leave, grab somebody. I don't care if it's somebody you came with or somebody you've ne- you'd never met before and tell them that you received the Lord today. Proclaim it out of your mouth. Share it today. With everybody else in the room, with every head bowed, every eye closed again, I'm sorry, but I just, I want you to have a moment. And if this message was for you and you've been battling, you've been running, You've been changing lanes. You've, all, you've had accident after accident because of reckless driving. You've had uh, multiple DUIs. You've been driving under the influence of the trash talk instead of listening to the Holy Spirit. If that's you in this place, I'd like to ask you to make a, a decision and a firm acknowledgement and get middle, militant today and raise your hand and say, today it's over. Today I'm no longer doing it. There's hands all over this place. 
today I'm making the choice to listen to my GPS. Today I'm making the choice to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into my life, and I'm going to choose to listen. I'm going to choose to listen. I'm not going to listen to the trash talk anymore. For every one of you that raised your hand, let's pray. Father, God, I just I, I love you so much, Lord. Thank you so much, God. Thank you for giving us shot after shot, time after time. You forgive us again and again. You're so patient with us, Lord. Lord, you give us chance after chance and we don't deserve it. But God, you're so good. Lord, I pray over each and every person in this room that raised their hand. And I pray over every person that should have raised their hand but didn't. That today within them, Lord, that the fruits of the Spirit would begin to bear in their lives, Lord. That those people around them would begin to see a change and a difference. And most, or not most importantly, but most importantly in this instance, Lord, let it be the self-control. The fruit of self-control, Lord. Let it, let it bear fruit in our lives, Father. Let people see us and see self-control. Let us not run from the change that you have for us anymore, Lord. But let us give it all to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you our hearts. We give you our minds. We give you our lives. Father, you deserve nothing less. Your scripture says that it's our reasonable service. It's our reasonable service because of what Jesus did for us. Because without Jesus, we have no hope. Without Jesus, we have no future. Without Jesus, we have no eternity with you, Lord. So, Lord, it's our reasonable service today to dedicate our hearts and our minds to you. Change us. Have your way in us. Build us up. Take us to that next spiritual destination, Lord. Each and every person in this room, just move us up a level this week, Lord. Let this week be different. Let change be evident in our lives this week. Take us up a level this week, Father, as we choose to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and go left or right as He dictates to us. Father, as we choose to do that, begin to grow in us a new spiritual, uh, uh, just a, a new spiritual place in us, Father. Take us to a new place where we see and, and hear you more clearly. Let those that are traveling with us in our bus, in our car, in our plane, whatever it may be, Lord, but let those that travel with us, Lord, experience and see a difference in our life. Let us impact people for you, starting with our own families. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Church, give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. God is good. Amen. I eat up 17 minutes of your lunch time at uh, Olive Garden or wherever you may be going. Um, probably after the breadstick talk, you're going to Olive Garden. So that's okay. Just save me a seat. But uh, this Wednesday night, we're, we're about halfway through our small groups. And if you haven't come, but you want to come be a part, you're still welcome. There's still space for you. There's still a place for you. And then next Sunday, we're going to finish up this series. So uh, you're dismissed. God bless you. Have a great day. And remember, this week, follow your GPS. Amen? Amen. God bless you.